Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. We're going to continue in our series that we took a break from yesterday and and dive back into, I guess, the second half or the other side of this and talk about being alive. We we uh, saw from from the first two podcasts that we died. We died to sin. Um, we died to our relationship to sin and sickness. We died to the old nature. We died to uh, being a child of the devil. And now, um, on the other side of that, we're alive. We're alive to God. And um, uh, we died to our old, uh, we died to our, and we continue to die to our flesh. We die to uh, our selfish ambition. Um, we die to the way that we looked at ourselves. We die to the world's way of doing things. But what are we alive to? So let's um, dive in here. I want to read your scripture. Uh, uh, Romans chapter 6, and I'm going to read verse 11, says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. You know, for us, what you think about yourself, what you think about who you are matters. Who you think Jesus is, I would say, is probably the most important thing. If you think Jesus was a prophet, he was a good person, you know, he's a great teacher, uh, what you think about him knowing that he's the that he is God and that he died for your sins and that he's your Lord and Savior, I would say is the most important thing. Coming out of that, though, knowing who you are because of that, I would say is the second most important thing. So we're going to talk about that today. So number one, you are dead to sin, but you're alive to God. I want to read Ephesians chapter two. I'm going to start at the beginning. <clears throat> and it says, uh, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. So when we talk about dead, obviously it's not physically dead. It's being separated from God. So you were separated from God in the trespasses and sins in, once you, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. See, that's what we died to. We died to the spirit that's at work in the children of disobedience. When you got born again, the spirit changed. He said in Ezekiel 36, 26, I'll take out the stony heart and I'll put a new heart of flesh in you. I'll put a new spirit within you. So rather than being someone who's motivated by the spirit of the world, the spirit of the devil, you're someone. That's why there's only two types of people on this earth. There's Christians and there's non-believers because it's an actual spiritual change. You may not look any different when you give your life to Jesus on the outside, but on the inside, there's a change of nature. Among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Everyone say, I'm alive with Christ. Why does that matter? You know, when we go into a fight of faith, we took yesterday to talk about that. And I really did that because I felt by the Holy Ghost that there was someone who needed that podcast. There was someone who, who needed me to take an interjection from our regular scheduled event and, and, and encourage you that that's a word from the Lord, that what you're, the situation you're in, God is not abandoning with you. He's with you and that you're coming out. Stand firm in the fight. But in that, there's, there's the reality that, that we come into this fight, but we have to know what's available to us. It's like if you get ready to go into battle and you, and you don't know that you have weapons available, you could go into a battle with an enemy and not know that you have a gun available to you, not know that you have an AR-15 available, not know that you have a, a fighter jet available to you. 
And so what you know about your life as a Christian, what you know is available to you. If you knew that anytime you came in contact with someone who is sick, you had a weapon of faith and of the healing power of the Holy Ghost that you could lay hands on the sick and see them recover. That's a weapon that God has given you. The Word of God is a weapon. So God wants to equip you. So as you listen, listen, understanding that God's going to equip you today. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. If you've ever wondered, what is my life here for? Why why am I on this earth? What's my purpose in life? I'm going to give it to you right now, Ephesians 2.10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Make no mistake about it. God has plans for you. And that's why I said in, in part, I believe it was part one of the, the dead, uh, the podcast, uh, part one, I said, you don't get to just choose what you do for a living. You don't get to just choose what, where you live. You don't get to choose what city you live in. It's God gives you, God directs your steps. God actually beforehand planned for you to have good works that you would work in, that you would walk in. First Timothy chapter six, at the end of um, of First Timothy, there's a warning to rich people, and it says, "As for the rich, verse seventeen, as for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy." Notice how it doesn't say, "Tell those who are rich in the world to give everything away and be poor." It says, "Tell them not to trust in their riches, um, but to trust in God." And then don't be prideful because of it. Verse 18, they are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share. Thus storing up treasure for themselves is a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold on that which is truly life or that which is life eternal. So God has has plans for every person. And this is the first thing that happens. When you step out, you know, for someone to actually access the true purpose on earth. They have to be born again. You can look at people and say, well, you know, Michael Jordan, he was born to play basketball. But the truth is, until someone gets born again, they can't know what their true purpose is. Someone could look and say, well, Kobe Bryant was born to play basketball. But until they get born again, that's the message of the gospel, that God has a life of purpose for you. You know, work is supposed to be fulfilling. It's not meant that we're supposed to work for the weekend. You know, I'm just working so I can retire, so I can go on vacation. Work shouldn't be a way to not work. You shouldn't be working so that you don't have to work. Oh, I'm going to work for 40 years, so I don't have to work after that. That's not the point of work. The point of work is to do what God's called you to do, is to affect mankind. And so even when the rich people, they say, hey, God says to them, hey, you know, trust in me, first of all, don't be prideful because you have more, but then be rich in good works, ready to distribute. Hey, there's a purpose for the money. And so for you, God has a specific calling and a specific plan on your life. It may be ministry, but it may not. It may be business, but know that there's an eternal value to everything that you do. 
for every single person, the equalizing thing is that we're all going to stand before God. And I believe if you're listening to this podcast, my prayer for you is that everyone who hears this podcast, this podcast will stand before God and hear, well done, good and faithful servant, that there won't be a single person who, who misses heaven, who listens to this podcast. That's my heart's desire. Man, for me, I was, uh, for me, if you ask me, what are my, t- my top five goals in life? The vast majority of them, that it's, it's very simple for me, fully carry out what God has for me to do, my family, every one of my family members to make heaven. And then I have certain friends that aren't Christians right now that I need to, that I need, that I'm making deals with the Lord. Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to carry your gospel. I'm going to win millions, tens of millions of people by the grace of God to you, Lord. But there's a few There's a few on my list that have to be in heaven. Father, send laborers into their path. Lord, use me, but send laborers. Lord, they're the ones that I have to see in heaven right? And those, that's the desire of my heart. But God has, a, God has plans for you. So even if it is, hey, I feel like I'm supposed to go into the medical field. Hey, I feel like I'm supposed to, you know, I want to work with kids. Hey, I feel like I'm, there's an eternal purpose for everything that you do, whether you're called to the ministry or not. So understand this, get this down in your heart. There is a step-by-step plan that God has for you, a plan of good works, a plan of a life full of a heavenly productivity, not a life where you just, you know, people, when I was younger, I would hear people and they'd say, man, it'd be awesome to be like a professional video gamer. Now, I, you know, there's, there's things that you do as a pastime, but then there's things that you're called to do. So this whole thing, this, this world, this idea of you got to do what you love. I don't believe you, you, the number, I don't believe that the number one, uh, the number one category, the number one qualification of doing something is, do you love it? I don't believe that's it. Do you think Jesus loved dying on the cross? He didn't, but he did it anyway. Why? Because it was the will of the father. So that's, if I can, when I talk to young people and I sit down with young people and if, and you've heard me say it before, I, I talk about this any chance I get, because I believe when you're in the will of God, God will give you something. God will help you to enjoy it. But it's not always joyful. For me, fasting, when the Lord tells me to fast, I fast. But but fasting is still a hardship. If I live my life by, I only do what I like to do. No. I mean, I I like when when the time comes to fast, I fast and I'm and I'm joyful in that. Why? Because I like to obey the voice of God. I've made a commitment to God. God, I'm if I'm if I'm disobeying you, that's sin, and I'm and I'm aiming my life to be in full obedience to you. So there's a joy on the inside. But if if I had the choice of fast or no fast, my flesh would say never fast ever again. Why? Because fasting's fasting sucks on your flesh, right? It's like you get to day three without eating, and then you're sm- it's it's not fun. It I believe it's the American way of suffering for Jesus when you start when you start getting into fasting. Um, but there's things that God has for you. And and so your life can't be motivated by I'm just doing what I want to do. That's why we can't t- we can't look at the world. You know, if you look on social media, hashtag uh Sunday fun day and everyone's out on the boat and they're doing their own thing. You know, you can have fun on Sunday, but Sunday isn't a day for fun. Fun Sunday, the primary goal of Sunday is not fun. The primary goal of Sunday is a day that we take to honor God and we gather together. Well, you know, I'm not religious about it. I just do, you know, I honor the Lord every day. No, but you take a day and you go to church. You know, I want to tell you something that I've noticed. Can I tell you something? People who don't go to church on a regular basis backslide 
at a far greater rate as those who are in church all the time. Why? Because you get like people, you know, you you stop going to church and then you get around the other Christians that, that hardly go to church or go every once in a while and, and you just talk about what you have in common, the hurts, uh, you know, they just... And I, I say this from experience. There was a time where I thought, um, you know, my friends are going to church. They just want me there at the church. That's the only reason why they, they only care about me because I'm coming to church. And it's like, that was an offense that I had taken and I had to repent because I was in the wrong. The Lord clearly says, don't forsake the gathering together. You know, the anyway, I'm going to move along. I'm sure you've seen enough of that debate during this time, but, but you don't get to decide. You don't get to decide these things. This is something where God created you. You died to your plan, but you came alive to good work. So what am I going to do for a living? No, let me get in the presence of God and hear the voice of God. And that's why through all of this, understanding, first of all, that it takes a level of commitment to serve God. It isn't just, I do it my way. You don't get to have it your way and hear, well well done and good and faithful servant. The grace of God is awesome, but people can, I don't want to say can overdo it on the grace of God, but they can, they can misrepresent the grace of God as, hey, you can kind of do whatever you want and God's just good enough so you'll end up in heaven. That's not the way it is. God is good enough. It's like someone's, someone is sinking. Someone's drowning. God's good enough. His grace is the life, is the, is the, whatever those things are called, those floating devices, flotation devices that's being thrown at you. But if you just say, well, I don't feel like grabbing onto that, you're going to, you're going to die. It's, it's the same thing. There's a, there's a command that God has for you and it's good works. And I want to tell you from experience, it is good works. The Lord will give you something that, that may be difficult, may stretch you, may make you uncomfortable. But when you get in it and you're in the perfect will of God, there's nothing like it. It's the best thing on planet earth. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade doing God's will, preaching the gospel for, for $10 million. If you came up to me and said, I'll give you $20 million to never preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I would say you've lost your mind. Uh-uh. If you gave me $100 million for, for, for one year to not tell anyone about Jesus, honest to the Lord, I would tell you no. Absolutely not, because because your your money can perish with you. I'm here to do what God has called me to do. Why is that? Because there's a joy in my heart. You know, there's God puts a joy on the inside of you when you step into His plan. The devil tries to paint this picture that everything God calls you to do, you're going to hate it. And 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 I know that sounds contradictory because I said you don't make decisions by by do I doing what I love. And, and that's true because people ended up in stupid careers where God had something awesome for them because they just thought, you know, I really, I really like this job has a great schedule. It's three days on and four days off. So I really like, I like having days off. And, and then they, your number one decision should be, did God send me here? And if not, you run away. It's not based on this criteria. It shouldn't even be based on the top pay. Like you, you go after the things of God and you let them show you. Because you may look and just make a decision, oh, I'm going to do this, and the Lord knows what's ahead. The Lord knows what industry is going to, you're going to be able to uh, profit. If you know, hey, I'm called to business, you don't just make decisions based solely on money. You get the mind of God. God has foreordained things for you to walk in. And so then it comes down to getting into the presence of God and hearing the voice of God. But then when you're in it, it's so joyful. I've had people come to me and say, you know, Ryan, I've wanted to serve God, but I always felt like if I fully gave my life to the Lord, he would tell me to quit what I'm doing in business and move to China and live in a hut and preach the gospel. And it's like, God, first of all, if 
for some people, if you tell them move to China and preach the gospel, there's something on the inside of them that like comes alive and is like, man, I would be so excited if the Lord sent me there. There's people who go to the Middle East to preach and there's an anointing to do it. So God isn't just looking to like make life terrible. He isn't looking around and be like, well, you know, my, my ways are higher than your ways. But it comes down to, Lord, even if it is that, I'm going to trust you. Even if that is my only option in serving you. Lord, I'm going to trust you. Why? Because for number one, I want to go to heaven. And number two, I know that it'll be the, there'll be the most contentment, the most joy. I may look at it from the beginning and say, no way. But once I get in there, I'm going to look back and say, man, I can't, I can't imagine my life without this. And that's the plan of God. So you are alive in Christ and you're alive to good works. I love you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us. Please share the podcast if it's blessed you. We'll see you tomorrow.